0: We are back again today in the studio and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be rocking with you. It is Thursday night. We are a little bit later than uh, usual. Normally this is coming out on a Monday. Uh, uh, We've had a really crazy week here at Get the Ball Rolling and I cannot wait to jump into so much of what this last week was. And more so, a preview to what this next week is. So to start off, uh, I just want to say there has been uh, there's a couple of, of teams that we're going to touch on. Uh, we're going to release our first bracketology. A lot of people like that. Uh, we're going to kind of forego the tiers, even though that is is probably the most popular segment. We'll forego that for bracketology. Now that we're kind of getting uh, closer and closer to uh, what br- what the bracket will look like, we'll probably release you know bracketology. This is one. Which will just be the uh, the seeds, and the rest of it uh, will probably be releasing just little by little uh, going forward. But it's super excited, super happy to be with you this 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 week. So, a couple of things that stood out to me this last week. There are a couple of games that I wanted to touch on. The first one being Montana State taking on Weaver State. What a phenomenal game! Uh, if you guys watched the game last year, which you probably didn't. Most FCS fans are not from the the West. It feels like, you know, once when you get out West, uh, you know, people kind of forget that, that it is uh, you know, we do have football because so many are in the South and to the Northeast so many of the conferences. But no, this was an absolute barn burner of a game and how crazy a year, a year ago, I believe the final score was 12 to 5 uh, in Ogden. It was a cold night. Uh, kind of a totally different circumstance is 43 to 38, uh, and, and Weaver State had every opportunity to win that. Uh, I believe they gave up two safeties, if I remember correctly, so that's thats four points there. That would be 39-38. They had every opportunity to win it. Uh, let me tell you something that I see. Now, now Montana State, you're going to walk away with the win. You're going to be happy, and that's good, and Montana State should feel great, but Weaver State fans and and a lot of my listeners do like Weaver State here in Utah. Utah represent, right? But if you're Weaver State, this is the first year that I feel like this offense has been absolutely rolling. You were in the game. You could make that drive at the end of the game uh, for so many years and and it's a tribute to Jay Hill. He's a great defensive coach underneath the Kyle Whittingham tree. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful head coach. Love Jay Hill. Uh, But you can always count on their defense of being stout and their offense has never Ever really felt like it's a oh, hot going. This is the first year that I feel that they that they look near unstoppable. Now, Montana State did put up more points. They got it kind of into a track meet. But if you're a Weaver State fan, you're walking away feeling pretty great. And let me tell you, that the Montana game, Weaver State has owned Montana uh, of late. And I think if you're Weaver State, you've got to bounce back in an incredibly big way this next week in, in preparation for Montana. I think you do. I have not been sold on Montana for a very long time. They played well against Sacramento State, but honestly, that was their that was their season, and we'll touch on that in just a little bit. Um, but Weaver State, you, yeah, okay, you it bodes well. You beat Utah Utah State. That is a huge win, especially on the road in Logan. Um, when when we're seeding and when we're talking about bracketology and stuff like that, uh, FBS losses don't hurt you. Uh, wins against Division two teams, lower division teams, don't help you. But wins against FBS teams will help you. And that and that bodes very, very well for, for Utah State. Also bodes well for SIU, which we'll probably get to uh, in a little bit as well. But Weaver State has to win this game. I think they come out. Uh, I think that their offense has looked very dynamic, a lot better uh, than than Montana's offense. Now, Montana did just go into overtime against Sacramento State. I know, controversial call, Grizz fans. But but truly, I think that Weaver State picks up the win and gets ready for Sacramento State, and that's going to be a super fun game. It'll be at home in Ogden, and I even think that Weber State will win that game, obviously barring any incredible injuries, which we're not, predicting or hoping for, right? No one's going to hope for injuries. I think they get two back-to-back wins. Uh, the reason why I say that is Sacramento state does like to go up tempo. They do like to spread it out. And when you get into the thin air, when you're sitting, you know, 5,600 feet, uh, you know, uh, your oxygen is very thin and that is a very big home field advantage that Weaver state has. Uh, it's going to be a lot colder than what it is, uh, in Sacramento. And, and that was one of my, my, my doubts for Sacramento was can they win, uh, so that will be in a couple of weeks, uh, and we'll, we'll be getting to that. But I think uh, Weaver State bounces back. Now, if you're a Montana State fan, you're feeling great. They looked great, and you're waiting for a Fonzie to come back. You're like, hey, we've got this, this wild card. We can get it going. Montana State looked incredible. Now, their defense did give up a lot of points, which is odd that both of these teams you know, known for defense gave up that much. Uh, and, and honestly, Montana State this year at times has looked like the best team uh, in the FCS. And you look at their schedule, their only loss uh, coming on the road in Corvallis. Their best win by far was that Weaver State game. They did beat UC Davis as well. Uh, but you can kind of see the, the class, uh, you know, Weaver State, Montana State, they feel almost a class above uh, everyone else. And then we'll, like I said, we'll kind of get to uh, Sacramento State and Montana in a minute. But looking really great. You're feeling really great. And uh, and I'm really excited to see what uh, what's in store for both of these teams. I would be surprised if we see these two teams play again uh in the quarterfinals and or semifinals these are really two really well coached football teams and i've been telling people weaver state's a top four team and that just solidifies it in my mind uh so loved this week now the game that we i've been teasing quite a bit and and i'm and i'm sorry about this but uh is the the montana uh Montana Sacramento State game. Now again, there was there was a, a semi-controversial call. People were kind of freaking out about it. Uh, you know, even the big t- uh, the Big Sky commissioner got out and said something. If you're looking, at, if you're Montana and you're kind of looking at this schedule, so you beat a really bad Northwestern State team, South Dakota, eh, all right, but you got them at home. Um, Indiana State, nothing nothing too much to talk about. Portland State, even though they were semi decent last year, nothing crazy, and then you struggled against Idaho State. And I had said when they struggled against Idaho Idaho State that I said, "You, you better be careful, Grizz fans. You best be careful because as I'm watching it, that is bad. Idaho State is not a good football team. And then you go and you lose at home to Idaho. And you're like, okay, well, now we got to wake up. And everyone's now freaking out about the Vandals, which we'll talk about here in a minute as well. But everyone's kind of freaking out about that. You know, you lose at home. And honestly, Montana never really felt in the game. I thought Idaho controlled it from start to finish. Then uh, you have Sacramento State. You go into overtime. That was arguably one of the biggest spots to get national recognition. I don't think you beat Weaver State. So you've had three straight losses. And, and you're like, okay, well, maybe Idaho gets a seed. Sacramento State gets a seed. The Weaver State gets a seed. You're playing the top of the top. Well, we'll, just, we'll play out the scenario, beat Cal Poly, beat Eastern Washington, and you lose to Montana State. Where's their quality win? And why on earth would you give uh, Montana a, a pass into the playoffs with a team like, we'll just throw it out there? Holy cross, if they lose to Fordham, who ends up beating Buffalo. Why would you, you know, we're talking about bottom of the barrel. Would you do it? Or an SIU team, just said that we talk about them. An SIU team that may have struggled, may have not. I mean, if they, th- th- I think they're going to win um, the next few games, but they've struggled at times, and they've looked really good at times. But they also beat Northwestern. If you're sitting there and you're like, okay, am I going to take a Northwestern win? Or who would be the best win? If they lose these three, if they lose these four games, Montana, they lose these four games, and they go in and they're at seven and four, going into it and we're looking at other seven and four teams or eight and three teams and we're really we're really analyzing it. Where's their win? Where's their impressive win? An at home game against South Dakota? An at home game against Portland State? You've got an incredibly difficult schedule. You have to pull this out. Now, Can they? if they win in the Brawl of the Wild, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Put them in, I, I, and I'm all for it. I don't think Montana is as good as what everyone has said this year. I think they are a good team, and I think they will make the playoffs. I do think so, but I don't see them beating Weaver State. And right now, Montana State looks absolutely on fire, but if you're 7-3 and, 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 and three, uh, going into that game, Montana – that's all or nothing. You have to get that win, and you have to play as such because the best win outside of that, again, are home games and, and kind of a bunch of nothing. Pre-season, you know, pre-conference schedule, non-conference schedule was very weak this year, and so you don't have that signature win. We'll see what happens this Saturday, but again, I'm going to be riding with Weber State in this. And then for Sacramento State, we're going to touch on them. I know we're talking a lot of Big Sky this today, but it was very very intriguing over the weekend. Sacramento State is up against Idaho, and I think, you know, at home, I think that they beat Idaho, I would say probably by 10 points. Uh, I know a lot of people are, are on this Idaho uh vandals you know kind of bandwagon uh, people are jumping on there's a lot of talk on, on, on in the twitterverse there's a lot of talk on on fcs podcast and and i have the utmost respect for for idaho uh, for recognizing we're not good enough to be in the fbs and going down that, that probably was a very difficult transition to then leave the fbs to go to the fcs and realize hey we better compete with these athletes across the board kudos to you but one of the things that aggravates me the most is almost wins. We talked about this with South Dakota State. We talked about it with North Dakota State. Well, it was an almost win. It was or an almost lost. And they say, well, they, they almost beat Washington State. Well, they almost beat Indiana. They were played well. They, they played well against them. But those teams, you lost, they're, they're erased. Their best win was at Montana. And that was phenomenal. Congratulations. That was a big, big win. In a very big way. And you're positioning yourself to be the third best team in the big sky. That is phenomenal. Because you avoid Montana State and you avoid Weaver State. Congratulations. You get it. I think Sacramento State takes it to them this weekend. On the road, I don't think this team can handle the offensive firepower of... Sacramento State I think Idaho is there they're the they're the team that is a year away from being a year away they're one year away I would give I think their defense needs a little bit more work but coach Eck the 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 head coach coming from South Dakota State getting it right on the offensive side of the ball is what you have to do when you're going from a coordinator to head coach and you look at it 56 points 30 points 55 points 27 points 42 points they have put up numbers is the defensive side that's, that's lacked a little bit. Uh, and that's why Washington state a better, you know, a better defense gets the stops. Indiana better defense get the stops, but, but truly, um, Idaho has a very good case to get into the playoffs. Uh, barring that they, they, I mean, they have to, if they lose to Sacramento state, uh, I mean, it would move them to five and three. It's their first FCS loss. They would have to seal it up, uh, a win against UC Davis, but you get them at home. Uh, if you win out, I think Idaho, no brainer, I wouldn't put them as a seed. I think there's better teams out there. I think Delaware and William and Mary are better, uh, in my opinion and what I have seen. Uh, I think Idaho benefits by, by not playing, uh, uh, Weaver State and Montana State. But if you win out, I think this Idaho team definitely is a team that you have to give a look at. Uh, I think that right now, in, in my mind, it kind of goes Montana State, Weaver State, uh, Sacramento State as the top three. Idaho sitting at that four spot. And they're going to have the game tire over or the game Right, they have a game up on Montana, beating them at home as well. So uh, even if they were to you know, lose to Sacramento State, beat Eastern Washington, beat UC Davis, but lose a crazy rivalry last second, you know, field goal against Idaho State. Truthfully, I think they still get in. I think Idaho has positioned themselves very well. again, wouldn't put them out as a seed. I think there's other teams around the league, but I really do like this Idaho team and I wouldn't be surprised if they get a first you know a first round home game uh, most likely against uh, a Missouri Valley football. Conference team uh, like an SIU, I think that'd be a phenomenal first-round matchup. Um, you know, SIU going to the Kibbe dome, dome. I do know they have restrictions on travel, uh, and and the Big Sky is is. But it just totally depends on on where those other uh, you know three four teams get ranked. Well, three uh, you know Montana State, Weaver State, Sacramento State. I'm assuming are getting a, a you know a seed. Who else is there? Who are you gonna be playing against? But phenomenal, phenomenal. Love love what they've been able to do And a really fun game this next weekend uh with with uh, Sacramento State the uh hosting the Vandals of Idaho the final thing I wanted to touch on just really quick is uh right now we're, we're kind of starting to see the hierarchy form Chattanooga looked phenomenal against Mercer we we really liked Mercer uh, throughout the year uh but obviously kind of kind of a disappointment that they lost as bad as what they did on the road against Chattanooga if Mercer wins out I think they get in, and I think that they do. I believe they get they get VMI this week for all you Mercer Bear fans. I, I have a great following there down in Macon, Georgia. It's awesome. My aunt and uncle used to live there. Uh, I think it's a wonderful place. But uh, I, I, I love Mercer, and I, and I hope that they're able to get in because I really think that this team deserves it. I think they're good enough. They're just going to have to uh, win out playing against VMI, Samford, and Furman. Uh, that is, you know, and, and the SoCon will, will will establish the hierarchy. I think right now it's Chattanooga uh, and Mercer in at number two. So instead, we're going to be transitioning, kind of looking ahead to week nine. Instead of doing our normal. Uh, our normal uh, tiers, we're actually going to do our Bracketology 1.0. So we'll probably release it now. We'll do a 1.0 with kind of a soft release. See how you guys react if you guys want it more. If not, we can scrap it. But uh, a soft release of the tier, or of the... of the bracketology right the first one i have to say so we're going to do the seeds and then we'll talk about who we think are going to win uh the auto bids and what that's going to kind of look like uh so let's start off so uh, as far as i go where, where i have it now this might be different than my top 25 because again top 25 is very reactionary uh You know, of course, I I have Weaver State lower than what I have here. But uh, my one through eight, starting in at number eight, I have Chattanooga. Uh, Number seven, I have Sacramento State. Uh, Number six, I have Delaware. Number five, I have UIW. Number four, I have Weaver State. Number three, I have North Dakota State. Number two, I have Montana State. And number one, I have South Dakota State. And that is my one through eight. We'll get to the auto bids in just a second. Uh, but I have them in as such. I think I don't think South Dakota State uh, loses again. I don't think North Dakota State loses again. I truthfully don't think Montana State loses again, even in that Brawl of the Wild. That will be a phenomenal game. Uh, but I have that's why I have them at two. There's going to be an argument that if Weaver State beats Sacramento State, obviously like I said, 1.0. If they beat Montana, they beat Sacramento State. Weaver State is the clear-cut number four. You can maybe even make an argument for number three, uh, but if North Dakota State wins out, their only loss would be to the number one team. The only loss for Weaver State would be the number two team. That's why I think they'd put them in at four. Number five, I do have UIW uh, Incarnate Ward. They are a phenomenal team. If you haven't watched them, they're electric. You need to watch them. The only... Thing I, I think they put him up a little bit higher just to break up a little bit of the monotony, and I think they get him at home. I really don't see the, this team losing again. They played phenomenal this year. Number six, I do have Delaware. I think Delaware is going to pull out the win in the CAA. I've been very big on William and & Mary, and I've talked a lot about William & Mary, but... Uh, you know I, I do think Delaware is just a smidge better. Uh, I think Delaware wins out with with games against the El- lawn Monmouth, Richmond, Villanova. their only loss would be to William and Mary. Uh, however, William and Mary has ha, uh, dropped uh, a stinker against Elon, and uh, I mean, if they win out, there's an argument. Obviously, put the tribe in, but again, we're going to have to see uh, kind of how the hierarchy works. Right now, it's it's Delaware, uh, even though I do like William and Mary, but that loss to Elon is looking uh, really ugly now. Better a couple weeks ago, but uh, Elon moving to five and three. That's why I think uh, they were not the, the committee wouldn't hold it against Delaware. Number seven, I have Sac State. Again, you might want to enter. Change them. You can interchange them with Delaware. Uh, maybe move Delaware up. Sac State to six. Uh, UIW down. But this is what I have in the first one. And then Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga right now playing really, really good football, and that's what you want uh, from them right now. Now they're uh, Chattanooga and uh, and Samford are both uh, undefeated in SoCon play. Uh, Chattanooga has a really hard game this week. They're on the road against the Paladins. I think they beat them, and I think they take care of the Citadel. Uh, not looking super great. But the only reason why I say that they, they went out is that they do get Sanford at home. I think they beat them in that game. Their only loss would be at the hands of the Fighting Illini, who are having a phenomenal season themselves. And so that's why I have them in as the eight seed. Uh, and then, I mean, everyone else kind of controls their destiny. Sanford, Furman, and Mercer all uh, kind of uh, violent for position Mercer, uh, like I said, they're their schedule out. They have VMI, they do have Furman, and they have Sanford. Uh, they do uh, looks like they get a break in between uh, for Furman. Uh, they get Chattanooga this week, uh, Mercer, and then Wofford. So, uh, but they're on the road against Mercer, on the road against Chattanooga. Kind of an interesting uh, scenario there. And then for Sanford, uh, you do have them. Uh, you have them against VMI. So the Citadel this week, VMI, Chattanooga, and then Mercer. I think those back-to-back games are going to be very difficult. Uh, the, you do get Mercer at home, though. That will be kind of, uh, I think, for the the last one to get in. I think uh, maybe there's an argument to get three in this year uh, if Furman loses out and Mercer, Sanford, Nuga. But I think Chattanooga wins out. They are a really good football team. And then we'll, we'll release um, our, our thoughts on the on the auto bid. So... First off, uh, I think the ASUN WAC auto bid. It, I think it will go to Austin P. Uh, right now, as I'm looking at it, I mean Central Arkansas does have uh, the the you know they they have they did beat Austin P. I think they do. The only team that I could see uh, as an argument is coming out of the WAC would be Abilene Christian. Uh, if they go to North Dakota, I think that's a really good non-conference win on top of uh, a winning in Stephen F. Austin. I think there could be an argument there. So win this win this one in the end. Uh, I do like Campbell. I think they they've they've proven themselves uh, this season. They played really well against uh, Jackson State. Uh, the only other one would be NCANT. They do have a game this weekend. Campbell's going to have to go on the road and beat them. Uh, there's been a lot of hype about Campbell's recruiting, so I'm excited to see what what they're what they are. Um, but definitely an an interesting. Uh, team there. Uh, For the NEC, a lot of people are saying St. Francis. I would say Merrimack if they can. I have not looked at their eligibility. I know that they've been in recently. Uh, If they can, man, I'm going to be riding with Merrimack College. If not, then definitely uh, St. Francis. They've been playing really good football as well, if you've paid attention to the NEC. out of The uh, the Ohio Valley uh, Conference, really kind of interesting uh, because I do think SEMO gets in, but not a lot of People are talking uh, about UT Martin. UT Martin, uh, their their losses are to Missouri State, uh, to Boise State, and to Tennessee. So they really only have one uh, FCS loss. If they beat Houston Christian, Kennesaw State, Tennessee State, and Eastern Illinois, they definitely have an argument. And and honestly. Uh, when you look at it, SEMO, both of these teams can be undefeated. I don't know how uh, the NCAA or how the committee is going to look at that. I guess maybe best schedule or what the tiebreaker is on that because both of them can technically be undefeated. The Ohio Valley uh, obviously going through a major change. So really I- interested to see what happens uh, with those two teams going forward. But definitely don't don't count out um the Skyhawks of of uh, of UT Martin, and then finally the Pioneer Davidson. Uh, they made it in uh, last year. Davidson is a really good team. Uh, I don't think Saint Thomas can make it in because they are in the transition phase. There are some goofy things like that. They did beat Davidson, uh, like they have like a four year waiting period. But Davidson, I think, uh, has been playing really good football. Uh, they beat Butler who is who is the next the other challenger uh, if you look at the flyers of Dayton uh, they do get Davidson so maybe there's an argument they beat him, but uh, you know Dayton does have losses to Butler and Youngstown State so I think Dayton Davidson definitely has kind of that one that they're they're going to be taking the, the win out of that one so those are kind of our predictions as far as Bracketology 1.0 we'll be releasing uh, next week with 2.0 we'll actually be releasing the other bids uh, for those of you who don't know, every conference does get represented. Uh, If you don't have a seating, obviously, you know, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, South Dakota State, you know, winning that one. Uh, And, and... uh Montana State winning the Big Sky, uh, they would already be represented, but we'll, we'll release it. Uh, New Hampshire is definitely the biggest wild card, I think, out there left. Um, and then just to wrap up, we, we want to release our top 25. Again, I I am I did opt to, to remove the tiers this week. We will be doing the bracketology. We might go back to the tiers instead of the top 25 because bracketology is really what we're concerned about. And my top 25 is for the playoffs. Um, I say that all the time. I, I, I love Jackson State, but it's hard for me to Compare them when I'm not going to be seeing them in the playoffs, so it's completely arbitrary to where you put them or or Princeton, uh, Dartmouth. A few years ago, it, it, it's hard to put them in when they're not going to be participating in in the postseason, the normal playoff postseason. Obviously, Jackson State I think gets to the Celebration Bowl, and uh, but the Ivy Leagues do not play in that in the postseason. So uh, we'll roll through them real quick uh, from last week. These are kind of semi-power rankings as well, if you want to call it that. But we have one uh, South Dakota State, two Montana State. 3, Sacramento State, uh, 4, North Dakota State, 5, Delaware, 6, Weaver State, 7, UIW, 8, Nuga. Similar to the bracketology, mix it up a little bit. Uh, Next up, we have 9, William & Mary, 10, uh, Southeast Missouri, 11, Holy Cross, 12, New Hampshire, 13, Fordham, 14, Sanford, 15, Rhode Island. Uh, we'll be talking about that Holy Cross-Fordham game coming up in just a sec. Uh, coming in at 16, we have Idaho, 17, Mercer, 18, UT Martin, 19, Campbell, 20, Richmond, 21, SIU, 22, UND, 23, Illinois State, 24, Montana, 25, Furman. Again, a lot of angry mentions in my in my DMs about putting Montana down as low as I have. But again, uh, if they don't get these wins, are they really even a top 25 team? Uh, Just because you beat bad teams by default does not qualify you, uh, in my opinion, on that. Now the game that I'm most excited for. Obviously, we've got some great ones. Sacramento State, Idaho. Uh, even North Dakota State, Illinois State. Excited to watch that one. Uh, Elon can they bounce back against Delaware uh, this next week? William and Mary in Rhode Island. Rhode Island absolutely fighting for its playoff life. Hoping that they can uh, you know knock William and Mary down a pick. Campbell uh, can seal the Big South this week. But the game I'm most excited for is the... Boredom Holy Cross game, and uh, really an intriguing game, and there's a lot of storylines going into this game. You look at a team like Holy Cross, and they're, they're undefeated this year, you know, beat Buffalo, uh, had a fairly easy uh, rest of the other games, obviously Col- uh, Harvard, uh, Yale, and uh, Merrimack uh, as kind of the other ones, but they did beat... Uh, they did beat Buffalo, but I see this game as the unstoppable force... You know, the unstoppable uh, uh, force against the immovable object. Uh, Holy Cross is known for its defense. It plays stout, stout, stout defense. They have put up uh, numbers this year, you know, averaging probably around the, the 30s. But Fordham is an absolute track team. This team, when they get rolling, they are so much fun to watch. Their only loss came to Ohio when, in fact, I really think Fordham kind of got screwed on that. Uh, Fordham's offense is phenomenal to watch. Uh, they are on the road and I cannot wait to tune into this game. It is at 11 o'clock. Uh, luckily, I'll actually be done coaching my soccer game, uh, my, my little league soccer team that I have, uh, and I'll be able to go home and I actually have it recorded. So we'll definitely be watching this game so I don't miss a, a second of the action. But I think... As I said on Twitter, I think Fordham is the better team. I'm going to be riding with Fordham to do it. I think there's something to be said about Fordham kind of uh, playing the underdog role on the road. You have a phenomenal offense this year. A lot of seniors on that offense. And and Holy Cross has dominated. They've played very well the last few years. And and like I said, uh, if you get Fordham in on the auto bid, where does Holy Cross land? Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, gonna to predict it. I think Fordham puts up some points. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as what they have in the last uh, the, the past but Fordham's coming off of a bye I think their first two drives will be will be lights out uh and I think that will kind of set the tone of the game now if you're a Fordham fan and you don't have really good first couple drives you better hope that your coaches are great at adjustments because they've had an extra week to prepare Holy Cross almost had a little bit of a scare Kind of looking ahead. Didn't play great against Lafayette uh, last week. They were on the road, but they bring it home. I think that place is going to be rocking. I can't wait to see uh, this game, my most anticipated game of the week. Uh, this has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Again, we thank you so much for for your for your patronage, for always tuning in, downloading, liking, subscribing, uh, and sending us DMs. Again, we want to get to those DMs. We have uh, three or four uh, outstanding questions, but we'll get to it uh, probably around bracketology 2.0 because uh, we'll kind of let it sink into to our seedings and our our, our uh, auto bids and stuff. But continue to support the channel. We we love and the podcast. We love that we continue to grow. Have a wonderful week. And enjoy another great weekend of college football and keep the ball rolling.